Hello, and welcome to another episode of Words of Wisdom, a podcast series dedicated to reflecting on the wisdom of the book of Proverbs. My name is Jerry Weirwell, and it is my pleasure to be on this journey together with you to discover the powerful truths that God has revealed to those who desire to become wise and discerning. Proverbs 1.7 reads, The fear of Yahweh is the beginning of knowledge, but fools show contempt for wisdom and sound teaching. Most English versions read, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But rather than translate the name of God as Lord, other versions have chosen to retain the personal name of God in the translation, and thus read, The fear of Yahweh. Right here at the outset of the book of Proverbs, we see the emphasis placed on the fear of Yahweh. All true knowledge, that is, knowledge leading to life, has its origin in the fear of Yahweh. It is the beginning of knowledge, verse 7 says. The Hebrew word for beginning can also mean essence or chief part. The fear of Yahweh is the chief part or principal part of knowledge. What the proverb is pointing to is that the fear of Yahweh is the foundation of all knowledge. It is the most important part. It is what all true knowledge is founded upon. Now, why is that? What does the fear of Yahweh have to do with knowledge? If the fear of Yahweh is so incredibly important that it is deemed the chief or principal part of knowledge, then we need to know what it means to have the fear of Yahweh. Does this mean that we're supposed to shudder and cower in fear at the thought of God? As in, are we to be terrified by God? As though God is this big scary guy that we're to be afraid of? No, that's not quite the right idea. The Hebrew word for fear can mean to be afraid, as in to have terror, but it can also have a positive meaning of to have reverence for something or someone. Having reverence for God can be described as living with the awareness and mindfulness of the reality of God's rule over all creation, which includes his authority and power to not only govern the universe and all things that happen within the cosmos, but also as the owner of all truth and understanding about life. God is the source of all knowledge, and no right understanding about how to best live can be attained apart from him. The fear of Yahweh consists of acknowledging and giving this due recognition to God as the Almighty Creator of heaven and earth, as the one from whom all things exist, and the one who alone is truly wise. Only when we live in the fear of Yahweh, that deep reverence toward God, can we begin to understand wisdom and knowledge. For only when our hearts are properly oriented toward Yahweh our God, will we be able to receive His grace in sharing with us the wisdom and knowledge that only he can bestow. But there is another dimension to the fear of Yahweh, and that is that it also entails the idea of loyalty and faithfulness. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, Moses is speaking to the people of Israel who came out of slavery in Egypt. And in verses 12 and 13, Moses says, Now, Israel, what does Yahweh your God require of you but to fear Yahweh your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve Yahweh your God, with all your heart and with all your soul, to keep the commandments of Yahweh and his statutes that I command you this day for your good. We see the strong connection between fearing, walking, loving, serving, and obeying Yahweh. 
A dominant aspect of fearing Yahweh is demonstrating loyalty and faithfulness to Yahweh through living according to his commandments and statutes. Another way to put it is that by obeying God, we prove that we honor, love, and revere him. Thus, verse 7 is ultimately telling us that the fear of Yahweh is a prerequisite for knowledge. Without it, a person has no chance of succeeding in their pursuit of it. This means that if we desire to become wise, we must first learn to be reverent toward God. And we achieve this by being loyal in our hearts to Him alone and faithful to obey His commandments. Furthermore, in verse 7, we see antithetic parallelism, where the second line of the proverb contrasts the person who has the fear of Yahweh with the fool who shows contempt for wisdom and sound teaching. The fool is a person who doesn't value the wisdom that God offers or sound teaching. Now, that isn't to say that a fool doesn't seek wisdom and teaching. They may pursue it from various sources in the world or try to find it by looking within themselves or their own mind. But godly wisdom and sound teaching are something that they do not value and have no respect for. When you show contempt for something, you express a strong sense of disdain that the person or thing is worthless and deserves to be scorned and eschewed. That's basically saying that when we show contempt, we're saying something or someone is equal to garbage and is useless, not deserving of our recognition or attention. We're going to see over and over in the book of Proverbs this dichotomy between wisdom and foolishness, between those who seek to become wise and understanding and those who spurn wisdom and understanding. There is another proverb that is often paired with chapter 1 verse 7. It is Proverbs 9.10, which is often viewed as being a bookend along with 1.7, where the first section of the book of Proverbs which is chapters 1 through 10, both begins and ends with the importance of the fear of Yahweh. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10 says, The fear of Yahweh is the starting point of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is the starting point of understanding. We see here that the fear of Yahweh holds a special relationship to wisdom. It is the starting point of wisdom. This phrase is similar to, but not the same as, the one we find in chapter 1 verse 7, where the fear of Yahweh is said to be the beginning of knowledge. First of all, the Hebrew words that are translated as knowledge and wisdom are often used interchangeably in Proverbs. They're not precise synonyms, but they are inextricably connected, where you can't have one without the other. Other words in the book of Proverbs that are also included in this interconnected group are understanding, insight, discernment, instruction, and teaching. One difference between chapter 1 verse 7 and chapter 9 verse 10 is that when it says the fear of Yahweh is the starting point in chapter 9 verse 10, it actually means the beginning, as in the point where one starts on a journey. Whereas in chapter 1 verse 7, the Hebrew word translated as beginning points more toward the fear of Yahweh being the foundation or the chief part of knowledge. It is important to recognize that wisdom begins with the fear of Yahweh, but also wisdom teaches a person to fear or to be reverent, loyal, and faithful to Yahweh. This is an interesting paradox where the fear of Yahweh is actually the initial point and foundation upon which wisdom is built, but it is also the end goal of wisdom. In other words, the fear of Yahweh is necessary in order to gain wisdom, but also wisdom teaches a person to fear Yahweh. So wisdom both requires and entails the fear of Yahweh. 
We must have the proper reverence for God in order to find the road that leads to wisdom. And as we travel that road, we will find that wisdom points us to the fear of Yahweh. As we travel the road of wisdom, it will lead us into a deeper relationship with Yahweh, where we will honor and obey him as the creator and sustainer of all things. As a brief comment, it might be helpful to mention that in the synonymous parallelism in chapter 9 verse 10, Yahweh is also referred to as the Holy One in the second line. This title is paralleled with the name of God, Yahweh, in line one, highlighting God's sacredness as a being that is entirely distinct from what is common, mundane, or profane. The title brings awareness of God's nature and character as something wholly different or other, separate from and incompatible with what is wicked or evil. And having a knowledge of the Holy One is more than just knowing about Yahweh. It is knowing Him in a personal and intimate way in your life. We could say it means knowing God experientially or by experience. We can know something because we have read about it, or we can know something because we have seen it, or we can know something because we have experienced it, we have interacted with it. To have knowledge of Yahweh is to be personally acquainted and accepting of the reality that God is the ruler of the universe, and all life is to exist in subjection to him. He is the preeminent being to whom all living things are to submit and serve. Now, this is supposed to be the reality, but we currently do not see all living things behaving in this way. But that is because not all living things live according to the knowledge of Yahweh. However, there will be a day coming when the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of Yahweh as the waters cover the sea, as it says in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. Allow me to give an illustration that could help us better understand what we're talking about. The Latin phrase, scientia, Potentia est, commonly translated as knowledge is power, is usually attributed to Sir Francis Bacon, who was an English philosopher in the late 16th and early 17th century AD, and has been called the father of empiricism, which is the philosophy that knowledge comes only or primarily through sensory experience. Bacon is also credited as being the one who developed the scientific method. Bacon's method for conducting inquiries, which is still used today in the fields of science, is based on what is called inductive reasoning. Bacon believed that all knowledge could be attained through physical observation and experimentation, and that by paying close attention to the arrangement of nature in the course of these observations and experiments, one could form an understanding of nature. This confident belief of Bacon that the inductive method can provide us with ultimate and infallible answers concerning the laws of nature and the universe excludes any source of knowledge outside what can be perceived through the senses. This sort of humanistic or human-oriented philosophy permeates our entire society and world today. You might have heard it referred to as humanism the system of thought attributing prime importance to human competency, authority, and intellect, rather than giving place to any possible divine or supernatural factors. In a nutshell, humanism is the denial that God can provide us with any understanding about the origin, purpose, or destiny of life and the world. In humanism, human beings are the alpha and omega, and the source of knowledge and truth rises and falls on the ability of the human mind to rationally perceive their external environment. There is no need for God or spirit or anything other than simply the material world around us. 
But this predominant way of thinking in the world should be no surprise to us because the world has always been against the knowledge of the Creator. Most of humankind has been on a constant march since the beginning of time to live life without Yahweh God. While early civilizations used to look to a myriad of different gods and mystical arts to give them knowledge, more modern civilizations today have forsaken any other reality except the physical world and have turned inward to esteem the human potential as the best solution to answering the issues of life. Our world looks to human leaders to provide answers and direction and to better education and more social structures as a way to solve public problems and to therapists and drugs as a way to remedy personal and relationship maladies and dysfunctions. All the while, leaving the knowledge of God as an unnecessary, superstitious, cultic belief that has no real value or purpose in addressing these matters. As the Apostle Paul wrote, describing the Roman Empire of his day and how people had neglected the knowledge of God, he says in Romans chapter 1, verse 28, And since they did not deem it worthwhile to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a worthless mind to do what is not proper. When people leave out the knowledge of God in their lives, they are left to pursue their own vanities and are devoid of wisdom. Without the fear of Yahweh, people cannot know God. And without knowing God, people have no hope of attaining true wisdom and understanding that only God can give. It doesn't matter what advanced degrees or higher education you may have. It doesn't matter how successful you are in business or how clever and skillful you may be at investing. And it doesn't matter how popular you are or how much people like you. These are all worthless qualities and achievements, if not based on and in accord with the knowledge, understanding, and wisdom that begins with the fear of Yahweh. In conclusion, the obedience that comes from the fear of Yahweh is not a fear-motivated obedience in the sense that we are responding to God based on a feeling of terror or being threatened by him. Granted, God does threaten punishment upon unbelief and rebellion against him, but the motivation underlying the book of Proverbs is not one of being compelled by terror, but rather the wisdom of Proverbs is to be desired because of the benefit it gives to living rightly before God and the avoiding of painful and destructive consequences that come from being foolish and despising the knowledge of God. The difference between having a fear of Yahweh that is driven by selfish interests, that is obeying God only because of what we can get from him, and the true fear of Yahweh is that the one who seeks to grow wise understands that a person cannot live with true wisdom apart from a genuine relationship with Yahweh, where they are loyal and faithful to him out of love for who he is. The dread of punishment does not produce motivation from love. It only promotes a self-absorbed, calculated strategy to do what is necessary in order to get what one wants. And God is not seeking that from his people. Yahweh wants us to love him with all our heart, soul, and strength, as it says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. When we live with the true fear of Yahweh, our hearts will turn toward him and we will appreciate and value the disciplining and training that he gives so that we may become wise and discerning. Thanks so much for listening to the Truth or Tradition podcast. We hope you're enjoying this new series on the words of wisdom from the book of Proverbs. And for more biblical resources, you can visit our website, truthortradition.com. And there you can subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of the future resources that we post.